beyond infinity. Now, I thought I'd just give a bit more detail about what happened with the Ingenuity helicopter test on the surface of Mars. So it was successful. It was amazing. It was it was televised on NASA TV, which is just a live stream. You can go, you can access it through a, a web browser that shows you what's happening live. And they, you know, they you're in a room with them, and, and you're waiting for the telemetry to come down. And there's sort of moments of, of suspense uh, and trepidation until finally they announce, yes, we're getting we're getting a signal. And then you see the celebrations as the first images came down around about 8:45 p.m. Uh, Melbourne time on the east coast of Australia. I think that translated to the middle of the night on uh, New York time, east coast time in the United States. I think about 3 a.m. So a late night for those scientists involved, even on the um, Pacific side of uh, the states where they were in JPL, Jet Propulsion Laboratory, Southern California. It was still a late night or an early start for them. So uh, what was achieved was amazing. It was a helicopter that was, was carried in the, in the belly of the Perseverance rover, landed earlier this year, and basically it unfolded like origami and was eventually dropped down onto the surface, and then the rover drove away from it, got itself to a safe position. They chose a very flat area, quite near where the actual landing of the rover took place, uh, and that was... That was because they wanted to be able to, you know, take off and land and, and not have obstacles or, or, you know, uneven surface for landings, and also somewhere safe for the for the rover to observe what was going on. So they've got cameras on board the helicopter drone as well as on board the rover. So those both all those cameras worked. So there's a uh, quite a impressive photo. One of the first to come back from uh, Ingenuity was actually a photo looking straight down taken by the the drone and that showed its shadow on the ground so you can see the um, the very large propeller blades i think they're about four feet one and a half meters long each from from tip to tip and there's two layers of them if you like it's a quadcopter very very fast rotation speed i think it's two and a half thousand rpm uh, whereas a, uh, a a normal helicopter flying on earth requires about 500 rpm to generate the lift to take off so in that very thin atmosphere of mars only one one hundredth of the surface pressure on earth you do need a far higher rate of rotation to be able to bite in and, and get enough lift to uh, to actually take off so it was a huge success and it's been described as the, as the Wright Brothers moment for NASA. Uh, this is a technology demonstration mission with the drone. The main mission really is, is the Perseverance rover that's going around collecting samples. Uh, it has another technology demonstrator which is um, uh, testing to see if they can manufacture oxygen out of the very thin atmosphere there which is mainly carbon dioxide. So that's another technology demonstrator. It might be useful down the track, especially if there's people there, if they want to generate fuel, uh, then they, that sort of technology from the MOXIE instrument, as it's called, will be really useful. But with the success of Ingenuity, it is opening the way for them to fly other missions in the future to Mars where they can actually carry instruments apart from just two cameras which Ingenuity has doesn't have any instruments on board future instruments now they've established that they can actually operate a helicopter from the surface of Mars 
then they'll carry instruments, um, sensors, which will allow them to do science, take off, go to a particularly interesting location, maybe take a rock sample or or at least put a, um, a sensor onto a rock, measure what it is, take some, um, some other science in a, in a particular area and then take off again and cover a lot more ground, get to inaccessible areas and uh, really open up the exploration of Mars because Mars is big. It's the equivalent of the land area of Earth without the oceans. So it's a very, very large, very cold, desert-like place. Uh, lots of valleys and mountains and escarpments, some um, very large volcanoes. Um, I think Olympus, Olympus Mons is the largest volcano in the solar system on any of the planets in the solar system. And I think it's something in the order of uh, 20 kilometres high, so much higher than Everest. So Mars is an interesting place. Obviously, there, there, there are sort of longer distance plans to send humans there. Elon Musk, SpaceX fame, is, is very intent on uh, getting people to Mars to set up a colony. And America does have a program now called Artemis, which is to go back to the moon fairly soon, actually. Well, they're aiming for 2024, so three years' time. That may be a bit optimistic, but they are planning to get back to the south pole of our moon and establish a, a moon base and also a orbiter around uh, the moon like uh, like a space station is around Earth, but uh, smaller, but in orbit around the moon. And that will be the uh, the, the point where you, you do a landing, you take off eventually, and you go back to this lunar orbiter on the way to or from Earth. And then Artemis is, once that technology and once that skill has been established to get people safely back to the moon then they want to they want to go on to mars and they may use may use helicopters with people on board but at this stage their uh, most likely application in future missions is for drones on mars but as i mentioned that will enable a lot more ground to be covered and inaccessible places to be explored and studied with the instruments kind of thing they do with a rover at the moment but rovers really just creep along the surface they're not able to go fast even with autonomous navigation software rovers have to avoid objects they have to be very very careful to go slowly and uh, and do lots of pauses and checks and okay photograph i'm here send the photo back to earth have it checked by people then another command okay proceed in that direction that all takes time and makes for very slow going on the surface of mars which is rocky and uh, uneven and uh, as i mentioned has got lots of escarpments and valleys and gorges and all sorts of interesting geology and geological formations which make it slow going for a rover but uh, if you can fly, as has been proved last night with Ingenuity, then you can go really all over the surface and much faster. So there are going to be more flights of Ingenuity in coming weeks. Not for months. It's not going to go on forever. It's solar-powered. It, it's only planned to be used for about about a month. And then it's, it's forecast that uh, it'll either have problems with its battery and getting too cold and not being able to maintain internal heat to keep its instruments alive it gets down very cold uh, during uh, martian nights down to about minus 100 or minus 90 celsius a small helicopter is it's not expected to last much more than a month uh, and also they they want to get on with the main mission which the main focus scientific focus which is to drive the rover the perseverance rover and do science with that collect and cache uh, rock samples that they think are interesting for eventual return to Earth and to do other science and, and use other instruments that they're carrying on board the nuclear-powered rover.
yeah, the next few weeks we're going to see more. It's got two cameras on board. It's got a high definition camera as well as a low definition camera, which is sort of more for navigation. So we will eventually, and we, I don't think I've seen them yet, but there will be images sent back which will show the rover from the air. There'll be more, obviously, from the rover looking up at the drone as it flies. And in fact, those have been posted to NASA's websites. You can just do a search at uh, mars.nasa.gov or even just search um, Ingenuity drone or Ingenuity helicopter and you'll find these images. And they do show a kind of a takeoff hovering at about three metres and then a, a landing. It all went really well. They got the, uh, the telemetry and then the images came back. It looks like the battery is in a good condition because that's something that's pretty critical. It's, it's now relying on solar, a pretty small solar panel actually on the top of the helicopter to charge that battery. The battery obviously needs to provide power for flight to spin that rotor or the rotors at 2,500 RPM but also to keep instruments warm enough at night in particular to keep going you know, next day and, and, and subsequent days. As long as the battery stays in reasonable condition, then we should have a mission. You know, They're calling it a Wright Brothers moment uh, at NASA, and uh, I did a little bit of reading about the Wright Brothers. So these were the American inventors uh, who, um, who were responsible for the first powered flight on Earth. This was back in 1903 that they achieved this. They did a very, very short flight, I think literally just for a few seconds, and, and then they had some mechanical issues, a bit of damage on, uh, on landing. They went and did the repairs, and then they took to the air again in December, December 17, 1903, making two flights each. So um, the, both the brothers got to fly from level ground into a cold headwind, which would have made things more difficult. The first flight by Orville Wright took place at 10.35 a.m., covered a distance of at 37 metres in 12 seconds. And then the next two flights covered approximately 175 and 200 feet, or 53 and 61 metres, by both brothers. Their altitude was about 10 feet above the ground, or 3 metres, for those flights. So they were, you know, they were baby steps, but these were really important milestones in actually achieving flight. I just thought I'd read a little brief description from the Wright brothers um, from Orville. And this is a, his account of the final flight of the day. He said, Wilbert started the fourth and last flight at just about 12 o'clock. The first few hundred feet were up and down as before, but by the time 300 feet had been covered, the machine was under much better control. The course of the next four or 500 feet had but little undulation. However, when out about... 800 feet, the machine began pitching again, and in one of its darts, downward struck the ground. The distance over the ground was measured at 852 feet. The time of the flight was 59 seconds. The frame supporting the front rudder was badly broken, but the main part of the machine was not injured at all. We estimated that the machine could be put in condition for flight again in about a day or two. So that was the beginning of the revolution, which we now all take for granted. I mean, except that in the last year, international flying has been paused in, in a very large extent by the COVID pandemic. But, you know, it did set in chain the amazing powered flight that we all enjoyed uh, being able to go all over the world in normal circumstances. That's the way that we get around. This was started back in 1903 and, and, and by 1969, 
so 66 years later, we were landing a man on the moon, which was uh, really pretty incredible, you know, to see that explosion, the technology that, that was required to get there and rocket technology that made it possible. And then um, since 1969, we're now up to 2021 and we're, we've got powered flight successfully happening on another planet. So this is all great stuff. You know, congratulations are due to that team that uh, developed Ingenuity and uh, NASA for having the foresight to push for this thing to happen and to make it happen and to get the rover, which was carrying Ingenuity, safely to the surface. You know, go through that whole process of, of, of lowering it down, unfolding those long blades, then you know, finding the safe flat location, getting the rover to a safe distance because they didn't want to get hit by the, the drone if, it, if uh, anything happened with Ingenuity. And then now to actually film the takeoff, the hover, and then the landing is, is really great stuff and great to see this milestone achieved. So this will go down in the history books as the first time that powered flights happened on another planet and it ushers in this era of exploration using drone technology as opposed to just rovers. It will probably there'll still be rovers as well, at least for the time being. You can cover a lot more ground and, and you can do a lot more with a drone in some ways. There's also talk, there's a, there's a mission called Dragonfly to go and investigate the moon Titan, which is a very large moon of Saturn. It's where the Huygens probe actually landed and, and recorded surface images and images on the way down, floating on a parachute down to the surface. They'd love to go back there. It's uh, it's a really interesting place. There is a mission in the pipeline called Dragonfly, which is uh, set to go to Titan. That's one of the moons of Saturn. In fact, the largest moon. It's bigger than Mercury. It's a very large moon believed to be captured you know, by the gravity of Saturn many, many moons ago. So there's that, and uh, there's even talk about sending drones to some of the moons of Jupiter. Uh, Europa might be a, a place that they look to send a drone to. This technology looking like not just being used on Mars, but elsewhere in the solar system for exploration, for scientific exploration. So, um, yeah, check it out. You can go to the Mars Exploration Program website, mars.nasa.gov, and you will see this, and you can uh, see YouTube videos which replay the excitement of the uh, successful takeoff and landing of Ingenuity seen in the States and all around the world via NASA TV. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Beyond Infinity. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au, where you'll find our complete back catalogue of over 600 podcasts. That's beyondinfinity.com.au.